Test, test, test. All right, this is our beat. Um, let me see. Can you say something in yours? Test, test, test. One more time. Test, test, test. Beautiful. All right, we are good to go. And then you'll see you'll you'll see it jumping and you'll be good to go. Okay. okay. Um, awesome. If yeah, and then if you guys, I'm just I'm literally just on the hall. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, hello and welcome back to Artbeat. Uh, I'm Tom Foster, and um, tonight we are going to be talking about Undefined and the art show we have coming up. Um, for Undefined, called Finding Our Voices. Um, Undefined is a group here in town that works with uh, survivors of domestic violence and sexual abuse to help find healing through art, meditation, and peer-to-peer -peer support. We are going to be talking about the event uh, Finding Our Voices, which is an art show dedicated uh, to promoting dialogue and openness about this often unspoken subject um, to help create uh, comfortable environment for individuals who may be struggling um, through these situations and wanting to talk and open up and find a way to share their own stories. Um, so hopefully we can encourage them. The Finding Our Voices show is happening at 8 p.m. this Friday, February 22nd at the Vishnu Bunny Tattoo Parlor in downtown Sioux Falls. Um, tonight with me is Sarah Kinval and Julia Tibbetts, and we'll be sharing um, their stories with us. And um, I just thought I'd open up first. Uh, ladies, welcome first. Let me just say welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I thought I'd share a little bit about my own story. Um, so I was raised um, out in California, and... Um, I was a survivor of uh, childhood sh childhood sex sexual abuse, um, uh, along with uh, physical abuse and um, verbal abuse, and uh, I found that art was really my go-to experience in a way to deal with the trauma. Um, originally, I of course, like many um, survivors of abuse, didn't remember much of what had happened to me. I had blocked it out and uh, used art form as a way to express a lot of the confusion I had as a young man. Uh, poetry is my art form. And for me, it was a real um, survival tool. I ran the streets out in Los Angeles, left home at 13, and ran the streets till I was almost 30 years old and was heavily involved in art scene, uh, poetry, uh, I was in punk bands for a long time. This was back in the 70s. So um, I was a mad, mad punk running around in Huntington Beach, California. Uh, never really made it in the punk in, uh, punk scene, but I took a lot of my punk songs uh, in the early 80s and turned them into poetry and showed up at a poetry reading one day and everything kind of took off from there. Um, I came out here to South Dakota in 94 and a lot of, um, by that time, had kind of experienced a lot of healing and gone through therapy. I had started having flashbacks and remembered what had happened to me. And I have since used my poetry um, to help with a lot of my healing and um, my emotional growth. And I find that art in itself is a great tool, not just for myself to heal, but for other people, um, whether it's visual art, whether it's auditory like poetry, um, is a great tool for other people to find healing as well. And uh, I think this is um, where it ties into Artbeat. And if you come down to the show uh, this Friday at 8 p.m. at Vishnu Bunny, you'll be able to see some wonderful artworks created by individuals who are also finding healing and working through their own um, issues that they had through domestic violence or abuse as children. And we hope that we can generate conversation with um, individuals who show up just to engage and watch and listen. Um, so um, if I could, I would uh, love to turn this over um, to Sarah Kimball. 
Sarah is a single mother of two girls. Uh, besides raising her kids, she enjoys spending time with friends and family and has recently taken up writing. Her passion is helping others through her own life experiences and struggles. She's a survivor of domestic violence while sharing her story of the abuse she endures does wonders for her. The main objective is to educate others on the signs of abuse and to let victims know that they are not alone and there is no shame. Writing has been a form of therapy and is her artistic outlet. So welcome, Sarah. Welcome to Artbeat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's fantastic. So if you feel comfortable, could you share some of your story? Sure. Um, I was in um, actually a couple different relationships that were abusive in a number of different ways. Uh, I was not, I, I didn't clue into it uh, for a very long time uh, for the earlier ones until way after I was out of those relationships that those were even truly what I now understand to be abuse as far as um verbal, psychological, just manipulation. Um, and um, I know this is hard. No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get my train of thought here. That's right. But the emotional abuse, um, I was in for a long time. I endured that for a long time, and it really affected my self-worth. And it uh, it kept me there, and... Um, just kept me down until I guess one day I realized that I don't need to take this <laughs> and um, you know and before it progressed into other methods of abuse which I feel it may have mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't always in m my experiences from what I've been been be becoming educated on as far as as domestic violence and hearing the experiences of others <coughs> excuse me I um but the most recent relationship that I had uh that got me to speak out um was was one that was very controlling and manipulative um obsessive possessive and a lot of jealousy and threats um and a little physical as far as trying to hold me from leaving um, and then once I uh, once I ended the relationship which I now know to be one of the two most dangerous times um, to have the possibility of physical violence um, the other being being pregnant which I was that as well and after we split and things were supposedly okay. We were going to be adults and have a child but not be together. Um, that's when I was, I was attacked in a very brutal way. And um, many said I was lucky to have survived. Um, and, you know, I just turned that situation. Instead of staying down, I just turned it into what can I do? what am I going to do with this I'm not going to stay down he's not going to keep me down um, I have a life to live I, I clearly didn't leave for a reason uh, didn't leave th this earth at that time and my, my child is fine she's two now God bless. and um, um, I've spoke out I just started speaking out about my experience and letting my name be known and my face be known and and a method of healing for me, but really the biggest thing is to educate. Like you, like you read about me, was to educate others um, for the warning signs of of abuse, uh, for being being aware of red flags even in the very beginning of a relationship. Um, many things that I just thought were, oh, my insecurity, you know, oh, I'm I'm not very trusting, you know, so oh, it's maybe it's just me. I learned finally to listen to my intuition that I questioned for so long. Um, and I think that being a part of Undefined and finding our voices um, 
finding these these people of support has helped me see that I'm not alone in in any in any of this, but also that I'm not certainly not the only one that uh, questioned my own thoughts. <laughs> um, and it helped me. It's helped me realize that um, I was stuck for a long time in in multiple situations, to be honest. And and I don't know if one fed off the previous ones. Perhaps I think our life things happen, um, and they're kind of a chain reaction. Um, I but I think that now I've turned the corner to just some more realizations about myself and what I'm never going to tolerate. Right, right. Um, and go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering, and this is I know um, it isn't always this way, but as you were growing up, did you have um, were your parents fighting? Did you have? No, I had a great childhood. My parents are still together. The Stig, um, it'll be 50 years, I think. Right, right. Soon. Right. <laughs> um, no. So I that is one of, and it, but it isn't always that way. Right. And so it's a common misconception. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, you're right. Everyone who suffers mm-hmm. domestic violence had, you know, a, a abusive father mm-hmm. or had something that, and so it is an interesting thing. And I, I, you know, sometimes I chuckle because this is a tough subject, and so I wasn't laughing specifically, but um, it's one of the things that all um, survivors of abuse have in common is that we tend to blame ourselves for much of what we've gone mm-hmm. through. A- in the beginning especially, we tend to. Absolutely. Um, is there something wrong with me? I somehow deserve this type of treatment. Um, you know, you yes, because the person will say, oh, you're just crazy. Mm-hmm. They will turn it all back on you. So, and you begin to believe that mm-hmm. absolutely, and that I think is what carries over from one relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship or you know a, a job situation or even friends or family. It's it it's in you. It just stays there until I start to heal. And how, you know what we're talking about here is healing. Part of what we're talking about is the healing through yes. art. Yes. Um, Excuse me. I I think that I the changes that have happened in dealing with realizing my intuition and really being true to myself, you know, after after all that has happened. Um and the support. The support is amazing. This community, I just after things happened with the attack the community just reached out to me, and they didn't even know who I was. It was just unreal. So um, as you started coming out of this relationship, did you fall right into undefined? Were you struggling for a while? Um, how um, did that process go? Right after I, I broke my silence, so to speak, um, on a Facebook page, um, that was for breaking your silence of domestic violence through a mentor that I have. Um, and once it was on Facebook, I, um, I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> um, I, someone from Undefined reached out to me and offered the, the group and the support, and it's just been amazing. And, right. I, and I absolutely love the, the community involvement how did um, friends that you had had prior to um, these events happening, how did they take your coming out, so to speak, your opening up and talking about it? Oh, they were just so proud of me, and they were very supportive, and they were just like, wow, you mm-hmm. know, I couldn't have done that. But I, I don't want to have it looked at like... That you're something special. Exactly. Yes. No, I just want to be able... You know, if I could help one person when they hear my story... That's what I want. Sure, uh, sure. And, you know, I spoke at an event and so several people came up to me after and that's what it was all about and was them sharing with me how I affected them and they knew they weren't alone. Right. And that's exactly what I want people to know is that you don't have to sit in silence and you don't have to f- take take on the blame or the shame. You know, you're right. These things that we hold inside, they are poison to us and if we can just open up and start to talk about them 
they be, the, the, the hold, the power that they have over you start to fade. And one of the things that you pointed out, one of the things that we talk about survivors, but it's a way to go from being a survivor to a warrior. A survivor is just when you come out of these situations, but as you grow, you know, a survivor is kind of weak, is damaged, is injured. But as you grow and heal, you turn around and become a warrior. And a warrior is strong. A warrior is ready for the fight. And I think that's an important distinction to make. And what we want to help other people go from being a survivor to being a warrior, to be able to get out into the community. Absolutely. So now you're doing writing. I started doing, you know, about a couple months after the attack, I started just getting it on paper. And it, some of my early poems were pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? They were impactful for me. Um, some of the, the few people that I've shared them with um, were like, wow. And I just didn't know I had that in me. Um, so it inspired me to keep keep going. And um, so beyond poems, I've, you know, done journaling and, mm-hmm. you know, written a few speeches that um, I've had the opportunity to, to speak a couple times, which I, I rather I enjoyed. I w- was happy to be done with them, but I really, <laughs> I really, I really enjoy that as well. I do want to point out, though, I go back for a minute about the thing you mentioned about my, you know, my my upbringing and something that I had to point out when I, um, at another time when I when I shared my story was that. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your circumstances, circumstances, what what kind of money you make, your education, <coughs> your race, your you know, your gen, your gender. It doesn't matter. We um, we're not to blame, and and abuse is, it's everywhere. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is important when we talk about domestic violence, domestic violence is violence within a home. And whereas it is often perpetrated male to female, and that's what we tend to think, domestic violence is any sort of violence that is happening inside of a home, whether it is man to female, whether it's a female to male, whether it's a male to the children, domestic violence is is everywhere. I mean, as far as you know who it affects you are right it doesn't matter what you know if you have a lot of money if you're poor all of those factors are it's Mm cross-cultural it affects many many people and it's really a silent thing and many people are um, covered in shame for being in that situation Mm -hmm. and the abuser always feeds off of that and creates more of that so that to keep you silent absolutely some means of control yes and so it is that's why this is so important while the show find why undefined is so important and why why the show finding our voices is so important is um because i was chuckling when you said the speech thing Mm -hmm. um i for the first time got up in front of a group of people with the finding our voices and actually opened up about what my mom did and um talked about it a little bit and you know one of the things that my mom was really good at um that I of course had blocked out the sexual abuse but my mom was abusive in many other ways and um what she started doing was all kinds of she'd come into my room at night and like take clothing out and hide it she would take other and do other things so that when I claimed these things were happening with no evidence there was a lot of talk that I was just crazy and so by the time I was 13, 14, everyone in my family thought I had mental health issues, including myself, because my, I mean, my clothes got burnt in the trash can. I didn't know how they got burnt. And later on, of course, I realized that that was a defense mechanism in case I started remembering and claiming that she was had done these things to me. She could just say, well, that was just crazy old Tom making these things up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really hard thing to deal with when you're... Um, in a position of um, a frail position, I don't want to use the word weakness, but in a position where you are being controlled by someone that they continue to use and spin facts and spin truths. So you start to doubt your own sanity and wonder, is it just me? Am I responsible for what's happening to me? 
Absolutely. That's yeah. actually the that's gaslighting that happens with like vulnerable people and it's such a damaging and difficult thing to overcome especially when you're talking about at the what is there something wrong with me what did i do how am i having this happen and that totally feeds into that right so um as a child growing up were you extra sensitive were you a gentle child um did you ever think about um and this is no blame Mm -hmm. it's just to, to help other people um how did you get in the position where you were um, letting an individual um, dominate you in that way? Well, I think it it goes back to my first long-term relationship uh, in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. During that relationship, I realized that I was an alcoholic. Okay. And so I got sober during that time. Mm-hmm. And so in my early recovery from my alcoholism, I learned a lot of things about myself and I've done a lot of work on myself and and those sensitivities and those the low self-worth uh, the low <coughs> self-esteem um, I think you know I I had some of that as a kid but I you know I was also I was happy for the mm-hmm. most part mm-hmm. but there was definitely there was moments of you know I, I don't fit in and then I started drinking at 15. So, you know, filling a void, trying to fill a void. Did you grow up here in South Dakota? I did. Yep, okay. I grew up okay. near here, near Sioux Falls. Right. Well, I think that uh, for a lot of artists especially, we grow up feeling like we don't fit in. Mm-hmm. And we are told as we're going through school and we don't really like the boring old subjects and, you know, our minds are more creative and more dream-oriented um, that we feel somehow like we are less than others because we are a different mm-hmm. and so um it's in some ways i don't want to say easier but certainly it makes us vulnerable to individuals who will then prey upon that feeling mm-hmm. and reinforce it with their own in an attempt to dominate mm-hmm. with their own opinions and attitudes right so the luck of the draw that i i guess i've um been involved with is uh and i i've kind of in my studies now see it sort of across the board it's it starts everything starts out just great you know and um charming and just promise the world and and the attention you know when when you have that those low feelings of yourself or just feeling different like like you stated because i definitely felt different Mm -hmm. um and you have someone that's giving you the positive attention and then it turns, turns to negative attention, but then it turns back, and then they apologize, and then it's just this cycle. It's a, mm-hmm. it is a vis, a vicious cycle. Yeah, and then they always come back with, "I'm sorry," but they add, "But if you could only mm-hmm. be better, then I would truly go back to loving you the original way." And you believe it? Yes, yes. It is hard. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult situation. I'm so glad that you were open enough mm-hmm. and came down to share. Yeah. Um, so, and feel free while mm-hmm. we're talking if anything else comes up. Or thank you. So, um, so now I'm going to introduce the other individual. The other guest we have tonight uh, is Julia Tibbetts. Um, Julie, after leaving a 12-year relationship that was emotionally, verbally, and physically abusive in 2017, Julia has been doing work focused on transformative justice and healing from not only that abusive relationship, but the foundational, the foundation that equated love with abuse, which creates ripples that impact us not only in interpersonal relationships, but in bullying and the systematic issues like sexism and racism. Embracing the messy vulnerability of learning to love herself and parent peacefully to her two amazing kids allows her to do the work to break the cycles of abuse. A writer at Hopefield Dreamer on WordPress and a poet with an upcoming book to be published this year, Julia loves words as a bridge connecting to ourselves and each other's. Julia also organizes community education with South Dakotans Against Racism, navigating the fraught conversation of truth and reconciliation. Julia, welcome to Artfee. 
Thanks so much, Tom. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> so I know this is, you know, uh, a God bless and always difficult thing to open up with, but would you like to share um, some of your story with us? Uh, yeah, you know, it definitely is something that's overwhelming. I'm uh, thinking a lot about how, um, how things would happen and uh, just going about things and, and, and pretending like things were okay and how difficult it is to really start to speak those things out loud um, and how that the finding our voices is such an apt um, saying for, for exactly what it is because so often, um, you know, we're silenced and told, like, you don't talk about it. You can't talk about, you know, the maraud of uh, way that things would um, happen. Um, for me, my relationship started and it, it wasn't something that was super rosy and happy um, at the very beginning. Um, from the get-go, it was just really fraught with um, abuse and just uh, violence and things. Um, but it's something that was so normalized. Um, I grew up um, like evangelical Christian and um, with like physical discipline and things like that. And a, a lot of those things just in tangent with uh, you know, just media and like romantic comedies and uh, things where like jokes about like crazy ex-girlfriends and that, you know, love hurts and all of those things that build up into, you know, that, well, this is the way that it really is supposed to be, um, really made it difficult for me to be able to just even acknowledge and recognize it. And it, it took me a very long time, 12 years, um, of, uh, a relationship that, um, was, was very abusive and it was um, really difficult uh, to be able to to just hear the things that I needed to hear. Um, a part of that I think was getting uh, tied up in like understanding and excusing versus like understanding and like using it as uh, a way to like protect myself, um, being able to do that uh, the whole entire time for me, I writing always is something. So being able to look back now, it wasn't something I had done in that whole time, but looking back now and seeing um, just how like I, it was something I was always aware of and just not knowing the the words or the ways to be able to, to get help and be able to uh, trust that it was something that um, I didn't deserve to be in a relationship that was harmful and, and hurtful and abusive. Um, I had, was only three months that, um, we had been, uh, dating and, um, we ended up pregnant. And so I had like at the very abuse while I was pregnant with my, um, my kid. And, um, like I remember being like punched in the stomach and, you know, just really like violent kind of things that would happen. And, um, how also like those memories are things that you don't remember. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're things that, um, you know, talking about like chuckling, <laughs> why, yes, why in the world am I chuckling about <laughs> something like that? But it is, you know, we, um, I don't know so much if it's like a nervous thing or a way to minimize it, you know, because it's, it's something that's, you know, really not okay. Right. I always look at it like I'm laughing so I don't cry. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I was um, relatively young too. I was only 21. Um, tw and so I think that definitely played a part in, um, in that kind of vulnerability. Um, and being able to, to recognize those things didn't happen until um, my um, ex was in jail for 90 days. Um, we also had the intersection of mental health um, issues and trying to be able to navigate that in a way um, that was best for, for everyone involved. But, um, I read a book, um, bell hooks has a book called all about love. And in it, uh, she talks about how like we, we get the idea that, that love is something that it's okay to have people hurt you if they just say, I'm doing this because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and so that really got me into a, a, a headspace of that love doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but I can also still have love. Um, that was one of the things that was really difficult was I, I love, I, and I still love my ex. I care about him and have, you know, that, that compassion. And I, I know, um, 
I, I really don't think that, and I, I don't know, but that any of the abuse that happened was um, always inherently malicious. I know a lot of it was trauma-based, but that doesn't excuse it and make it okay for me to to absorb it, um, being right, able to have right. that boundary. Um, well, one of the hardest things is, and this is something that is true, is that, um, and this is in, a, uh, in generality, and there are specific instances where this isn't true, but in the general truth is that individuals who are abusive had suffered abuse, mm -hmm. and this is their way of coping. This is their mechanism by which they believe the world operates. Um, yep, and being able to challenge that and just even um, being able to be like uh, the narrative of what like it is supposed to be if you have a, an abusive you know ex that's a wife beater that's that you're afraid of them that you know that you don't feel like safe in there I mean there were always times that I felt safe and I felt loved and cared for um, but also recognizing that those times didn't take away from the times where you know I was hurt and harmed and um being able to to recognize and understand you know that that hurt people hurt people and that you know his trauma and things were that all of those things that doesn't excuse or make it okay for him to be abusive to me or um you know the people around us and so um or that you have to put up with it because you love him. Yeah. That you have to have an understanding. Yeah. Because, yes, you can understand it without allowing yourself to be the recipient of those mental health issues that he has. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and um, you know, just that the way that the whole it's it's not just something, too, that's an individual relationship. And I think that's one of the things that made it most difficult for me was how isolating it was because I, I wanted that relationship to work. Um, and I was taught for so long that that was the most important thing I could do was to make this relationship work. Um, after our first domestic, um, I, I hate using the word incident <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, so like, but after the first domestic violence call and, um, you know, he was arrested, remember talking with um, his grandma and that you know her response was that well you just you make marriages work <laughs> and so like you know marriages were hard work and you that was just something that you you know internalize and absorb and like being able to learn how to start talking about it um, you know because it really is something that's not just about those individual relationships but it's those systems you know it's a system of abuse and it's normalized in ways that we don't even see um, in exchanges like uh, Sarah was talking about, you know, with any kind of relationship from friendships or family to coworkers that, you know, being able to identify a name when things are abusive, you know, because it's about power and control and maintaining that through force or like the threat of force or violence, mm -hmm. um, emotional manipulation. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so, someone, uh, and it, what made it so difficult too was like, well, it's not as bad. <laughs> you know, I, I never showed up to work with black eyes and busted lips, you know, but you know, I was punched in the head and, you know, had all kinds of, you know, different things that would happen. And like, it would just be, um, it's not, it's not as bad. And, being and I think that's part of how you were talking about earlier too, like that gaslighting too, almost where we start, you know, that blaming ourselves because we're believing that gaslighting that we're just we deserved it or you know we created the situation, um, yeah. and then that you know isolates us and makes us feel ashamed, and that we have the choice between like being silent about it because even if I did talk about it and then I didn't make the choice to leave him like that is stigmatized so much that well then it's your choice you know what are you doing to make that happen why aren't you leaving without recognizing that sometimes it's not safe to leave yet you know mm -hmm. and it's not something you know sarah said that the most dangerous time when you're leaving the abusive relationship is you know that then and when you're pregnant <laughs> you know and being able to to get to that place you know we have to be able to trust the people that are in those positions without like forcing them to do something and pushing them and not like trusting their intuition and not listening to them because that's what they're getting from that abusive relationship and everywhere else. And so it's just breaking them more instead of helping being able to say, 
this is what you really deserve and what you really want. Um, listening to, to what, you know, survivors of domestic violence or victims of, a, you know, mm-hmm. things like that want and their own narratives and that empowerment, um, I think is a really important kind of way to move from, from victim to, or survivor to like that warrior idea. And, um, yeah, my, the transformative justice, you know, for me is something that's super healing because, you know, it, it recognizes all of the parts of me that like are so important to who I am that, um, being able to completely believe still in the the human capacity for growth and compassion and kindness, those aren't things that just go away because of you know bad things that happen. Um, that I do have every single right to protect myself and to have boundaries and say no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm you know that's something yeah, I'm going to right. stop. Yes. But I'm also still it is okay for me to still love and care about you know the person and the people that you know I'm in community and relationship with mm-hmm. one of the things that I always would do is what what was best for me and for my kids and our community was what would be best for him you know if we isolate and have it be something where you know he and I separated and then he goes off and he's got the crazy ex-wife that you know did all of these things and then you know it's something that leaves anyone else that he was in relationship with vulnerable because we have that crazy ex-wife, crazy ex-girlfriend is sure. like totally a thing. And so, um, now, um, we have, you know, uh, firm boundaries, a relatively, um, you know, good relationship. Um, he has a, a new girlfriend and she and I are friends and, um, you know, we're working through like counseling and lots of therapy and just, um, being able to to move into something that you know breaks down that kind of shame and isolation that it's not something that we're alone um and i know also too that it's a privileged thing to be able to have that um that it wouldn't be if uh you know that the circumstances were different but so now did you find at what point did you come across undefined um, uh, relatively recently, uh, just in December, uh, there was a, a poetry reading um, for uh, women that was organized, mm-hmm. and um, it was the first time I had heard about it. And I absolutely, I, I, I love the idea of that peer-to-peer support, um, just because it is so fundamental to having that kind of connection through things that are just horrific. You know that. Um, being able to get into seeing someone and having, um, like I, I was again, lucky to have a counselor from years previous, you know, but being able just to have that, that peer to peer connection and someone that's, that's been through that, knowing that you're not alone, uh, something that is really powerful. Um, and so that was, yeah, definitely my, my first hearing about it. And it's something I think is really necessary and needed for the, like changing the conversation that we have about it, about domestic violence, about um, abuse, and how it's not uh, something that just it looks one single way. Right, right. You know, or the you know, I mean, one of the important things is to be able to talk about it, to be able to open up and share, mm-hmm. and not just for our own healing, but to let other um, individuals, especially ones who are trapped currently in these situations to know that it is okay to open up, it's okay to say, it's okay to talk about it. Um, so now did you do poetry and art then before? Were you writing before this happened? And Oh yeah, lifelong for me is uh, okay. definitely been always a writer. So okay. it's definitely something that um, has um, gone through different transformations with, with different phases of my life. Um, but one of the things that uh, that I find <coughs> awesome about art in general, um, whether it's written or whether we're talking about paintings, music, any of the art forms, are, are one of the only human experiences that I can put my emotions into and share with the world and 
when the world hears it, it causes emotional reaction in them. Um, mm -hmm. When I look at a beautiful painting, I am stirred. If I hear a beautiful piece of music, it stirs me emotionally. And it may not even be what I originally intended for, um, as I was writing the piece. You know, one of the great things about art is I create it and put it out there, but another person experiences the art and self-internalizes that art and it becomes something new to them. And so one of the great things about the Finding Our Voices and the Undefined is it allows people to get that emotional connection and that healing can start to begin in them as well. Um, did, you, did you want to read a poem? Um, yeah, I can definitely okay. um, share. One of the things too I wanted to, you know, we were talking about undefined. Um, what finally, after years and friends and, you know, people seeing what I couldn't, what finally helped me be able to leave was um, was a Facebook group just a friend of mine had created and it was just five women and being able to just share um, unashamed like exactly what had happened and um, what I needed and being able to to have that connection um, is something that's so so difficult for us to be able to find in a in that kind of isolation and shame so I I definitely appreciate that part of it um so the one that I have is um relatively new um it's I called it boundary of rage uh it's god damn holy hell do I love myself so wide and varied anger and messy unburied i am brash loving soft and fierce heavy in weight and intellect i always want to talk it out i always want to respect boundaries setting my own is a skill i'm perfecting after o learning only how to set them in a flash bam burst of rage that no i will not be treated like that after my whispers and hints and spoken and written lines are dismissed too long, too many times, I let it go, rolled over, didn't make a big deal. My stand for myself is not to be misused as a reason to hurt or hate me. All that it tells is how you really think of me. Nice. Thank you so much for sharing. That is super awesome. Um, I think one of the things that while you were talking, it, it made me realize I really hadn't talked about what undefined means. And this is an important aspect. When you are in a situation struggling through domestic violence and you come out, um, or like myself, when you're a victim of childhood abuse of any variety, that becomes kind of the definition of who you are. You know, that's that whole victimhood mentality, which is why I don't like the word, I like survivor better than victim. And undefined means undefining yourself as a victim, undefining yourself as this is who I am because we are all so much more than these events that have happened. And then redefining yourself in a new way purposefully, that's what I think that poem also calls up, is learning to love ourselves, learning to realize our own values and worth. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that is part of the transformative process of the Finding Our Voices event. And um, there is a lot of, um, if people come down to the show, they will see, they can just stop by Vishnu Bunny right now. The artwork is all hanging on the walls uh, for anyone interested. You can go down and check out all the artwork that's up there. Um, and there are a lot of um, multimedia artists that are creating work for Undefined as well. Um, and the Finding Our Voices show is not just poetry, though we will have some poetry happening that night. There will be people just coming and sharing their stories who are the artists um, who have created the art that is up hanging in, at uh, the art show right there for Undefined. I think one of the other um, big things that we can help with individuals um, is expressing that gentleness and being a person who loves and cares and is soft um, can be taken advantage of by people who I used to kind of think of it like predators and prey. There are individuals who look for people who are gentle and soft, 
who are vulnerable in that way um, because they're in essence, whether they are in their heart or like your man who did struggle with his own, you know, they become a predator. And um, that's an important thing to Mm -hmm. define and learn to accept that we are not helpless victims. We are not the prey of other people. Um, So uh, is there anything else either of you ladies would like to add? I just want to add about about when wanting to or hoping to and planning to leave to have a plan like like Julia talked about having those those trusted people and and why it takes the time that it does and my situation was different where I was already out Mm -hmm. and we were living in different situation different places but um, I know that it happens after the fact um, but have a plan just mm-hmm. have a safe plan mm-hmm. yeah I, I would like to just encourage anyone who's listening um, to find their voice to contact undefined um, to look for a Facebook group whatever you can do to find an, a way to start sharing your voice um, because that is the beginning of change if you can open up and start talking about it. Um, one of the great things I know that Undefined does as part of there is to have um, events, not just finding our voices, but they have um, where they have wine and they have paints available and they just encourage you to come down and just, you know, you don't even have to be an artist per se. You just come down and put your emotion onto canvas to start that process of getting that secret that you've been holding inside of you out because that is really a big deal um, to be able to finally start to get that secret out of you that you've hidden inside because you get embarrassed. Um, and I have, of course, I'm not, I can't put myself in either of your shoes, but I would assume there's with some of that shame, some of that embarrassment, you start to think that you are somehow messed up and that, you know, perhaps you, as we discussed earlier, deserve this somehow. And so you end up holding all of that inside embarrassed to talk about it but the truth is that you're not responsible and that by opening up and beginning to talk about it that that poison inside of you lessens its hold over you and you begin to see a clear you know it's like the sun the clouds finally parting and a couple rays shooting through oh my goodness there is something else you know and so I think that's really important Um, and it is as a man um, I grew up on the streets of Los Angeles, so I ended up in the long run being a pretty rough guy. Um, so there are, and I know this is for a fact, that there's many times that you go, well, why would you possibly even stay, you know? And so I can understand that difficulty in trying to share that and open up with that attitude of so much of society. So I really, really have to give you guys a lot of praise and a lot of props that you got to that position both and came to that um, decision to leave and I know it must be incredibly difficult to get to that position and I like your suggestion to have a plan ready that's always an important thing have an escape plan ready God bless so okay Julia anything else to add or um I uh, do you like to do another poem I will do I would love to have that that would be super awesome um this one's untitled it's um Are you tired, like I'm tired, of relationships, of trying to not harm each other within our traumas, breaking cycles and circles without breaking our minds and hearts, without breaking down what's already been broken down? Be proud of others, but not prideful. Be self-sacrificing, but not worthy of sacrifice. Your existence is claimed, valued only with what others allow it. The way that hurtful behavior is erased to keep peace inside the house in so many ways that isn't peace, that discomfort of change is too much to expect, but discomfort of allowing harm to happen unchecked is virtue. When dreamers are told to silence their dreams, when empaths are forced to silence their feelings, when hope is labeled violence, when doubt and shame are used as weapons, casting shade on truth so that giving life is twisted into violence. Those who exist in hope, in dreams, 
holding tight to the truth and empath our tired eases when we hold hands clasped each other in hugs heart to heart the beat and sink for true change is wholly divine that not everyone can face looking into but we can together huh wow okay sarah would you like to share a poem that would be great this was about four months after. Scars, they do not define me, though they do remind me of the beauty within me that he cannot take, of the pain I endured that I did not make. Perhaps these scars can refine me to know that I am not what happens to me, but how I choose to live in the aftermath. Do I get angry, get even, ever trust again, love again? Do I forgive? Do I make a difference? Life's too short to let him take me down. Down a road of change, two paths out of range. Scars, they tell a story, but they are not me. Amen. That's right. God bless America. Well, wonderful. I'm so glad to have you both down here. Um, just wanted to mention again and shout out for the Finding Our Voices art show. Um, this Friday at 8 p.m., uh, February 22nd at Vishnu Bunny Tattoo Parlor uh, in downtown Sioux Falls. Um, I think that's about it. So um, I just wanted to say that Artbeat was created by Dylan Jacobson. We'd like to thank the great folks here at Studio B, Undefined, uh, Finding Our Voices show. And I wanted to thank uh, Sarah and Julia so much for coming out tonight and sharing what is not always an easy thing to come out and share. Thank you for both reading some poetry tonight. I'm sad my phone died here in the beginning of the show, as my phone always want to do, um, or I would have shared something along. But come on down to the show and see some great poetry and meet some great artists who are all doing things for a cause to bring about change, which is the most important um, aspect of art, to, to really stir the community and bring things out. Um, I'd also like to thank the lovely Sarah Boehner, uh, who's in Trip, South Dakota. And uh, thank you all for joining us tonight on the Art Beat Podcast. Thank you. Okay, rock and roll, ladies. That was really, really excellent. Huh? How'd you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs>